Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome, everybody. John has uh, the list of words for this afternoon, but uh, he's not going to reveal them. They're going to come up for your chance at $1,000 at 120 and 320. KFI's inflation compensation contest continues here on the mighty KFI. Uh, we're we're going to start the show with uh, the number zero. <clears throat> zero is the number of listeners who picked Richard Reardon to pass away in the year 2023 in our Gould Pool contest. Uh, he uh, died last night at the age of 92. He was for the- those of you who believe we never say anything good about any politician ever, well, you're going to hear something good. He was the best mayor Los Angeles has had in everybody's lifetime. I would say so, yeah. because I don't know uh, if there's a lot of Tom Bradley fans. Uh, well, he was there for 20 years. Well, I, Re- when Reardon took over... Although there's stuff named after him everywhere. Yeah, but when Reardon took over, the place had gone to hell. The, ri- the riots had just happened. And, yes, it was uh, ugly in 1993. It was, and and he was very similar to uh, Rick Caruso. Uh, he was uh, 
venture capitalist. He was a business guy. And he wanted to, he just, like, used his eyes. He looked around and saw what L.A. had become in 1992 and said, well, we got to fix this. Let's do whatever the rational thing is to fix. And it worked. It just simply worked. Well, of course it worked. When you do the right things and it's not hard to figure out what the right things are, then you're going to have a better life. This is why we supported Rick Caruso, because we were thinking maybe we're going to get the second coming of Richard Reardon and somebody who can make a dent in all the problems L.A. has today and the crap left over after nine years of Garcetti and before that, Tony Villar. Good God. James Hahn. Do I have to go through the horrible mayors that have been around? No, well, he was, he was the last good one, and his term finished in uh, 2001. 2001. So it's been 22 years of bad mayors, like appallingly, astonishingly bad mayors, destructive even, bad mayors. For the most part, the El Segundo Times writer who did the story, Eugene Merle, it was mostly positive. Well, by the time he departed office, eight years after he took office, uh, much of his vision for a cleaner, safer, better functioning city had been realized. Crime was down, the local economy had rebounded, and although the LAPD remained short of its goals, it had grown to a record number of officers. How about that? And, and, and even the El Segundo socialist, communist, propaganda, Pravda Times couldn't find anything bad to say about Dick Reardon. What does that tell you? No. And the guy, you know what? He was a Republican, a businessman, a white guy. And even the L.A. Times couldn't find anything bad to say. Because if you were here during the 90s, he, the city was booming. And it was clean. The only vagrants were the ones confined to Skid Row. Nowhere else. Crime went way down. Also, three strikes got passed in the state. So the bad guys were put in prison where they couldn't harm anybody. Yeah, we got help on that. Yeah. But uh, And, of course, you told this story for years. I'm surprised it didn't pop out of your mouth quickly. All he did after the Northridge earthquake to oh, rebuild yes. the Santa Monica Freeway, how he got things done really quickly. It says here he immediately set up an emergency command center at his office at City Hall and went right to work on how to make sure the city came back from the Northridge earthquake of 1994. Yeah, and, and, and again, with, with Pete Wilson, who was the governor at the time, they gave uh, construction incentives to the companies that had to rebuild Interstate 10 and got it done in, in just a few months. I mean, the whole freeway had collapsed. It, it, it collapsed and crumbled, and it was built in a, just a few months, and the contractors walked away with a big bonus. That's what you do yeah. when, when you, you govern successfully. There, was, there, there were no delays. There was no dithering around. There were no stupid side social issues that they got hung up and distracted by. They simply, everybody went to work and, and you know, laid down the concrete and, and the asphalt and rebuilt the thing. That's what you get when you get a businessman as mayor because they roll up their sleeves and say, all right, particularly in a problem like that, if that's about bureaucracy and building something, everybody's in favor of rebuilding the freeway. So how can I get the fastest and best way to do this? And that's what he found. And Whereas you could see somebody like Garcetti dithering over, let's make sure contracts are fair and equitable and our mm -hmm. friends get the contracts yeah. and let's not rush into this and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's the kind of politicians we have today. And, you know, he told the truth. He called city employees brain-dead bureaucrats. Imagine. <laughs> brain-dead bureaucrats. He was right. He, oh, oh, and I love this. It said he was often at odds with the city council. To that I say, great. And who it mentions? 
Mark Ridley Thomas. I know. Rid- Ridley Thomas. And good old Rita Walters, I well, remember her. Ridley Thomas was 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 a pain in the ass impediment even then. 30 years the, ago. Getting in the way <laughs> of, of, of progress. Getting in the way of making Los Angeles function. Oh, yeah. God. And so uh, he uh, also, it's, it said uh, he positioned himself uh, as battling a dithering wrong a dithering wrong-headed city council. <laughs> That's what they've always been. They've always been always dithering been. and wrong-headed. As long as we've been here covering them, they just get one to replace but, another. Now we've got, you know, a, a segment of the city council that's completely like communist socialist. <laughs> but but he, back then it used to be just blathering idiots like Zev Yaroslavsky and but, Mark Ridley Thomas. He, he bulldozed them and, and bulldozed the city employees. And, and I mean, Los Angeles was a, a waste zone downtown. I mean, he laid the groundwork for Los Angeles' downtown to to blossom into something uh, spectacular. Yeah. The Staples Center got uh, got built during that time. Right. And, uh, you know, all those restaurants and, and uh, the, the condos that went up and then the business uh, revival down there. I mean, I mean, if oh, man, if but then, you know, 20 years of garbage, garbage mayors. And uh, now we're back to uh, even 92 wasn't this bad after the riot. No, well, no. This is the worst he, it's ever been. After he left office, he made a couple of attempts, uh, governor, and of course, uh, he lost to your friend Bill Simon in the primary. Yeah, because Republic, election. Republicans yeah. get hung up on, on on social issues, and and Reardon was pro uh, pro choice. No, and and that's what destroyed the Republican Party in California. They got hung up on social issues instead of pushing how they're business oriented, they're competent, they can make daily life better. Everything right. became about, you know, that that's a, where the Democrats' weak spot is 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 woke stuff. The Republicans' re, re, weak stuff, weak issues are when you get into gay rights and abortion and, and all that other nonsense. Guns. It's like just just govern the city properly, make this an, a a a safe, prosperous environment. That's your job. These yeah. Social causes on both sides make me just want to punch people. Shut and up. We still heard from him years after uh, he got involved in some of the elections. Uh, the one thing we'll r- forgive him for is a number of years ago, uh, we were looking at a candidate for mayor. He brought Bob Hertzberg into the studio and uh, was promoting him for, <laughs> well, no bail Bob. You know, but now Hertz, a Hertz, job. he lost his L.A. County supervisor bid. Hertzberg changed over the years and, and he, he caught the woke virus. The woke virus is a terrible infection when it gets in your brain. Right. And and uh, a, a number of people who were who were fairly normal, uh, or at least on the outer edges of normal, you know, yeah. caught caught the infection and and went insane, and started started coming up with nonsensical ideas like, how about no bail for all the criminals? Oh yeah, good idea, Bob. Excellent. That'll make life better. Yeah, Reardon was married four times. Yeah, that's uh, pretty active. Uh, one of his. <laughs> One of his wives did pass away, but uh, he, 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 he was a good guy. I, I met him a few times, a couple times on the, a few times on the air. We interviewed him. I met him. He a was. He had energy. Uh, he He's was a smart pretty, guy. He was really yeah. smart. And, and he, I think and, he knew if he if he disagreed with us, he didn't talk about it. He wanted to stick to the things that we had in common and, to talk about. And he was and he was, was very to, genial to deal with. But I, when I, he from, came in that day, the topic with Hertzberg that was traffic. He was yeah. like. You know, this is the guy that's going to do something about well, the see, again, heart-wrenching traffic in Los c- Angeles. C- comments, yes, that's right. I remember that. And yeah. that was like common sense issue 
that would make life better for people, not not getting rid of bail. It, it, it was not not carrying on about uh, transgender rights. This was about hey, traffic sucks. We got we got a way to maybe uh, ease things up a bit. That's what I want to hear. That's what most people want to hear. But I met, I met him a couple of times outside the station too, and he was very warm and friendly. Although he was really tough on the inside, from what I understand. Like and he, the he, pantry, oh, the original pantry. Yeah, was, that's is that still around? It is. I go there every now and then, and uh, their 100-year anniversary is coming up next year. They opened in 1924, and of course, their mantra was, we never close, which was true until the pandemic. Right. The pandemic got them, and they were they were closed a couple of days a week, and they were doing takeout, and then eventually when they reopened, they cut their hours. But uh, great place. I mean, it's a greasy spoon, but it... <laughs> It is in, delicious. In the best it's sense. <laughs> it's a tourist institution. Uh, best pancakes I've ever had anywhere. Anywhere in my life. If you like pancakes, wow. Closest it's at just, 3, what, p.m. or a.m.? P.m. Uh, 3 p.m. Yeah, it closes? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's pretty much a breakfast lunch place now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got uh, more coming up. As soon as we return, and from what I understand, it'll be pretty quick, so stand by. You'll get a keyword for your chance to win some money, the KFI Inflation Compensation Contest. We're John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, after 4 o'clock. Join the horde, the mob, the swarm that listens to the show on the iHeart app. Did you call people whores? Hordes. Oh, okay, hordes. Uh, Hordes, large groups. The large groups, right? Yes. John and Ken mob members from the old days. Sure. And uh, they, uh, yes, I'll get to the money. Hold on. I'm pushing the <laughs> podcast. He's a nag, right isn't he? Yes, you are a nag. <laughs> this comes first. He thought you forgot. Self-promotion but, uh, I'm comes here first. to remind you if you did, so. <sighs> but he's right. We Everybody wants people. to tell me what to do constantly. I know. 24 hours a day. It's so hard being you. It is hard being me. Can't have an independent thought, independent <laughs> action. Anyway, uh, listen to the show uh, on the podcast after 4 o'clock. John and Ken on demand. All right. Now, mm-hmm. people can win some money, right? Yeah. All right. Now do your thing. All right. Uh, making news this afternoon, and honestly, it's just a shame. Uh, it was back in October of 2021 when a, a woman on a movie set, a movie called Russ, starring Alec Baldwin, her name was Helena Hutchins, uh, she, uh, she died from a gunshot wound. Uh, Alec Baldwin was the man holding the gun. It was a Western they were filming. And it was completely, uh, from all reports, shoddy safekeeping when it comes to the weapons and the bullets on the entire movie set. This happened in New Mexico. Uh, He was charged in late January with two counts of involuntary manslaughter in the shooting death. But that got watered down two months ago. They downgraded felony penalties against him and the armor in the shooting. That was this woman, uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed who apparently was out there for the first time in a major film shoot. And uh, that was she was also responsible for the shoddy keeping of the weapons and everything. So the news this afternoon is that all charges are gone. There you go. What provoked this? What, she Uh, didn't die? He didn't pull the trigger? The bullet didn't leave his gun and... And there were lawsuits, and they paid up in lawsuits, but uh, oh, criminal he, charges are gone. He deserved prison. That's not a crime? No. But you point, you point a loaded gun at somebody and pull the trigger, and they die right in front of you, and there's no crime? No. Wow. Well, then why'd they make such a big deal about uh, charging him? I mean, that right. took, uh, what, a year? It did, right. So they take a whole year of an investigation, then they dramatically announce charges, and then uh, a few months later, it's, ah, never mind. Well, what changed? 
Was she not dead? Did he not pull the trigger with somebody else? The DA, the DA on the case also left. That happened in March. She just uh, outright there's, quit. There's not another DA? Well, Is there yeah. another lawyer in, the, in New Mexico or no? Is we, uh, were they the last one? It just says that it was a shoddily put together case from the beginning. They just didn't have it. Shoddily put together? Meaning it was not going to work, they thought, at trial. So they just decided to give up. He pulled the trigger. The bullet hit, hit the woman. Yeah. Well, what, what else do you need to know? No. Apparently that was a decision. You don't even have to put together a case. He pulled the trigger. She's dead. That's the end of the case. So originally they could have faced like a year or two in jail, or prison, and then that got taken away when it got reduced to uh, another lower charge. So somebody get paid off here? Jail time. Somebody, eh. I doubt it. I don't know. I just think it's a... Uh, I don't doubt anything anymore. No, you don't. You don't. Oh, All do right. Now we turn our attention to the homeless camp that is getting a lot of attention in the Beverly Grove neighborhood of Los Angeles. We've talked about this a few times, and it's because uh, people there are noticing things like uh, a naked lady who apparently uh, uh, likes to sleep on a couch nearby. Uh, so one of the people in the story that we've talked about is the city council member responsible for that area. She's brand new, Katie Yaroslavsky. <laughs> she is the daughter-in-law of Zev Yaroslavsky. And for the first time, other than a statement, I think we're going to hear her speak. Anyway, we have a oh, report. Oh, yeah. You should, You got to listen to this. There's so much horse manure in this story. KCAL News reporter Tom Waite reports on the homeless encampment and all that goes with it. It is heartbreaking because I sympathize with the people who are living out here like this. It's the homeless crisis on full display along San Vicente near the Beverly Center. Kathy, who asked that we not use her last name, works in this area. She offered this sobering assessment of what we see here. To know that children, our children are walking down the street looking at this. This is the country that they're growing up in. It, they have to be thinking, is this what, this, is this what I'm going to go through? Am I going to be homeless? We first told you about this encampment last week. What was a few tents began to grow quickly. Located in Beverly Grove, it's Katie Yaroslavsky's district, just across the street from Beverly Hills. The main pinch point right now for me and my team and the mayor's team is the lack of access to beds. And we just, we simply don't have interim beds in on the west side and certainly not in council district five you're a, you're so a liar you're as a liar. we work to bring those beds online quickly we're looking at more uh quick to scale options like motels Yaroslavsky is also questioning whether the city's anti-camping ordinance known as 4118 is really effective council members have ordered an evaluation instead of seeing larger encampments near freeway underpasses or alleyways or whatever you saw one or two tenths all over the place because people were scattering due to 4118. And so it really does have to be paired with credible offers of housing. Meanwhile, state legislators are questioning the approach to funding outreach on the homeless crisis. A bipartisan effort is underway to audit how billions are being spent on housing and treatment. For the first time in the history of the state of California, we've put out $15 billion at a time. Is it just that the money's slow? Is it is our decisions being made that it goes somewhere else? There's way more questions uh, that most legislators have right now. So for now, the crisis persists and solutions are far from simple. They need help. They can, they should not be out here. Councilmember Yardzlovsky says outreach teams from the mayor's office and her office are out here daily. She says she hopes to find beds for the people in this encampment in the next two weeks.
sometimes TV news reports, it's either the obvious or the outrageous, right? And it was a mix of both in there from people like, oh, this is sad and terrible. They need help. Yeah, to yeah. Katie Yaroslavsky, who's claiming there's no beds. Now, she did sort of narrow that down by saying in my district there. Well, why do, they have, why do they have to be in her Exa district? They do not. You are exactly That's right. garbage. These are not natives from the district. They are not part of the community, even though this crowd uh, likes to call them no, that, the they, unhoused of our community. You know, if, if that's how she's conducting uh, the cleanup and, and, and uh, finding housing, then she's incompetent. She's an incompetent fool. They don't have to be in the district. Uh, no, didn't we find out from Steve Gregory, KFI News, that there was lots of beds in the county available? Yes, Andy but Bell said so. Just because there's not a few near the Beverly Center well, in the Beverly Grove neighborhood, then there's nothing we can do? They, Get out of here. They don't have citizenship in Beverly Grove. Put them on a bus well, and take them anywhere where they're going to be inside. Most of them wandered from out of state and out of the city, okay? They're, 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 Beverly Hills, these aren't people who couldn't afford the rent in Beverly Hills. Or at Hancock Park. These are people who didn't who can't afford they're not displaced billionaires. Yeah, they're they're not former executives at Bloomingdale's at the Beverly Center. All right, this is not their neighborhood. This is not where they grew up. This is where they passed out, where they made like five hundred bad decisions in their life, and they ended up on San Vicente Boulevard in a tent, stoned or whacked out on meth. What is she? Not there are beds. Andy Bales from the Union Mission. Told the Los Angeles Times that in a story just a couple of weeks ago. How many how many empty units there are now? And and and, and then they get this this state uh, representative. What was his uh, Dave Cortezzi? Uh yes, right. Well, uh, billions and billions of dollars we've spent. What do you mean? There's no space, no temporary space. Really, no beds. This is why if we had Caruso. What was he going to do? He was going to build like FEMA like. Units with 30,000 beds in a, right. a, within a year. And, you, you, and the thing is, I don't care if they don't like it. That would force the city to take them off the street. You make an offer of a bed, the homeless vagrant has to go. And didn't Karen Bass say it was a myth that people didn't want the help? If they've outreached already to all these people, as Yaroslavsky claims, then if if why didn't they accept the outreach? No, she's she's making stuff up. She's lying. So she stands there and lies. And what's with the reporter, Tom Waite? Don't you understand that they're all lying to you? Reporting everybody's lies is not reporting. Reporting everybody's lies is not journalism. It doesn't inform us. It doesn't help anything. You're just passing along lies. We might as well talk to the P their PR agents. Right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it would have been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Yeah, and tomorrow we're going to be back with the Moist Line calls, so you can still be a part of it. Drop a message using the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon, or call this easy toll-free number. Easy because it's easy to remember, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Well, we were just talking about uh, the homeless encampment that's gotten a lot of attention in the last couple of weeks in the Beverly Grove neighborhood of Los Angeles near the Beverly Center so close to Beverly Hills that that's why it's getting a lot of attention. And plus, there was a naked lady on a couch, at least for <clears throat> a couple of days in the story. Don't know if she's still there. Uh, meanwhile, got UCLA. Got a bad sunburn. What's that? She's got a bad sunburn. No. UCLA released a survey about what uh, what worries L.A. County residents, some of its nonsense. But one good section was on homelessness. And, of course, the first part is, people are worried that they're going to fall into homelessness. But this part, almost three-quarters of residents, 73% said their quality of life has been impacted in the last year by a particular homeless encampment. Can you believe that? I guess you can, considering all that we've talked about the last several years. But yeah, and and, and a and, particular homeless encampment is affecting their quality of life. And so here's If the I qu- saw that and I was mayor, I'd be like, oh, my God. What a horrendous place we've got here. Right. And, and and this is a major impact was reported by 43%. Yeah. This is this is the legacy of Garcetti. The, this is Garcettiville. Oh, he let it get completely dirty. Yeah. I I mean, I'm just reading about Reardon, there wasn't one word about homelessness in in uh, the obituary on Reardon in the in the Times today. It was what, what not one word. It, it it wasn't even an issue. Nobody ever brought it up. 
No. It wasn't even a big issue, really, during Tony Villar's time. No, it wasn't. But it I wasn't. remember with Garcetti, it started with garbage. I still remember this. Like, five years ago, we started noticing a lot of garbage. And that, to me, is that broken window theory. Yeah. Once you start tolerating all the garbage, people are dumping garbage everywhere. Right. Homeless were dumping garbage. And then, and, because of Prop 47, the homeless just it blew up, that and, problem. And then he told the police not to... Uh, not to interfere with the uh, with the drug addicted vagrants and mental patients in the street, right? I th- there was a a thing in uh, Reason magazine just this week I found, and it was comparing how other states do way better dealing with homeless than than L.A. and it's been it's been um, three years after they passed Prop HHH. It's been more than three years now, but at the three year mark. The city had completed just 1% of the promised 10,000 units, hmm. costing between five dollars and $800,000 each. And they had a quote from Andy Bales in this, the Union Rescue Mission CEO. And he had said a, a few years ago that some of my counterparts who depend on the proposition money, they're af- afraid to speak the truth. They can't speak the truth. Otherwise, they would get in great difficulty and be defunded. I think pride and arrogance is holding us back from doing some of the needed things that we need to do to immediately solve this issue. And that would be building temporary housing. There's no excuse that they haven't built temporary housing. They could get thousands and thousands of people off the street quickly. They simply refuse to do it. And it's been going on for years. Because now the push is permanent supportive housing. But they can't build it. Uh, they can't. They haven't. Uh, and it's well, extremely well, actually, expensive. The Skid Row housing thing downtown, the 29 buildings is supposed to be that, and that's a catastrophe. And so The ones we had are being destroyed by the homeless that they put inside. 29 buildings destroyed. So we're going backwards now. We're now losing units. I, I... Now, meanwhile... Dippity-doo, Gavin Newsom showed up yesterday in San Francisco along with the Attorney General Rob Bonta to walk around the Tenderloin neighborhood. We've talked about that. That's like drug overdose central, yeah. probably in all of they, California. They, 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 set, they set up like a, a heroin site, a public heroin injection site. Here is the story. Good idea. From- CBS Bay Area reporter Andrea Nakano. J.J. Smith is on these streets every day talking to those that are homeless and addicted to drugs. Today, he had a chance to meet with Governor Newsom and ask him a question. He just didn't get the answer he was hoping for. Hey, Gavin, tell me what you're going to do about the fentanyl epidemic. That's J.J. Smith (laughs) shouting out the question as Governor Gavin Newsom walked the streets of the Tenderloin. He says the governor told him he's working on the issue now. I feel as though his response was wasn't a response that it, it wasn't no answer to my question. Because if you came out here to see about it and to work on it, you will speak to the people that actually see what's going on. Smith documents doing, the hard realities of the fentanyl crisis from the overdoses and deaths, but he also shares stories of hope, addicts that have taken the step to get help. The first step is actually speaking to them, trying to become their friend. Once you become their friend and then they trust you, then you can start offering them those things that I offer them, like getting treatment, going to rehab, 
It's just that you got to build a relationship with them. In order to build a relationship with them, you got to get out there and speak to them. Businesses like Golden Gate Rides in the Tenderloin welcomes any effort to solve the crisis on the streets. I think everybody sees it on TV, but to actually feel it is a little different. Owner Big Yankira Lola says business has slightly improved of late, but knows more can be done to bring customers into his store. Hi guys, come on in. How was it? He hopes the governor will have more concrete solutions after his visit. I think if you see the ground reality, yeah, I think it helps, you know, to see what it's like to to live and walk around here. Mm -hmm. I think that that helps, you know, it's a step in the right direction. The governor's office says the state has spent more than a billion dollars to tackle the fentanyl and opioid crisis. Oh, really? But J.J. Smith wonders where that money it is didn't going. didn't do any good. I told Gavin, look, man, people out here on the streets, some are suffering. They're dying. Some are also losing their mind and parts of their body. It's like some way we all have to come together and give in and seeing what is a better solution that's going to fix this problem that has created. The governor has pledged to spend nearly $100 million more to fight fentanyl with a focus on getting Listen Narcan into communities to Narcan. combat overdoses. What? That's his answer. Nick feels it's another measure that's not getting to the root of the problem. Yeah. Narcan is not going to uh, end the addiction. That's his answer. Right. A few hours later, they'll take another hit of fentanyl and they're going to they're going to then they're going to die. No, you, I you, told you, this is this stupid, stupid idea that we can't get these people off the drugs. We'll just try to make sure they don't die. You have to. That's it. That's how they manage it. You have to lock them up in treatment centers. And, and, and a lot of this stuff, and it's true, you can't get off the addiction. But you have, if you want to try, you got to lock them up in treatment centers. You have to force them in. He's never going to answer that question. There's nothing he wants to do. He doesn't care. It's not like he doesn't know what's going on. He's been mayor for, he's been governor four and a half years. He was lieutenant governor for eight years before that. He was the mayor of San Francisco for eight years before that. He knows. Here is the audio of that man you heard in that news report, whose name is J.J. Smith. Here is his Twitter video of his encounter with Newsom. Hey, Gavin, tell me, hey, Gavin, tell me what you're going to do about the fentanyl epidemic. Please, my name is J.J. Smith. What should I do, And I want to know what, do you want? what you're going to do about the fentanyl epidemic. tell me what we need to do. I need you to tell me what we need to do. That's Newsom for you. He does. He might be. And then he told the reporter, yeah, we're just going to spend more money on Narcan. That's it. It's what a complete nice failure. photo op to walk around the drug-addled neighborhood of San Francisco he, and say that crap. He tells the guy, "Well, I need you to tell me." What a snarky jerk, huh? What that kind of was what, snarky? What, he yeah. didn't like somebody shouting out questions at him, so he just tried to be uh, nasty and say, "What do you? What do you? What do you think I should do?" Oh yeah, JJ's the problem, right? Yeah, like JJ's got the power and the money. Oh, we we spent a billion dollars. Well, it uh, it disappeared. It it went to all those uh, fake, phony, corrupt. Nonprofits who don't get anybody off the street, who don't cure anybody's addiction. Narcan. Narcan keeps you from dying in the moment. You know, two or three hours later, they're going to take another hit of fentanyl. There's the other problem is the legislature won't do anything about fentanyl. We talked about that yesterday. They, we have yeah. an update on that in the three o'clock hour they, today. Do they, I guess they won't. I told you this yesterday. They'd like these people to die because if all the people died, it would take the issue off the table, right? Well, it would help global warming. And these are mostly minorities, too. 
So, so Gavin Newsom would like all the minority drug addicts in San Francisco to die so he doesn't have to deal with this issue anymore because he has the slightest idea. He doesn't want to do anything. All right, stand by. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Coming up after 2 o'clock, Blake Trolley will come back on the show, KFI News reporter, with an update on uh, one unfolded horribly up there in uh, Thousand Oaks, the Westlake High School students that were run over by what appears to be a homeless man who was living out of his car who not too long before that had stabbed an employee at a Walmart in Simi Valley. A crazy story that unfolded Tuesday afternoon. A 15-year-old boy died, uh, a couple of other teenage girls, one of them in critical condition. There's a few more things to the story to get to, and we'll talk to Blake after the news coming up at 2 o'clock well, we know that on occasion, uh, John Cobelt brings a present for Deborah Mark to the studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on occasion, but not lately. It's a present that makes oh, no, her very... Oh, no, he did, actually. I think earlier this week, he did. In-N-Out fries, mm-hmm. right? Delicious. Yep. Yeah. Well, in the news, it's not In-N-Out fries, but it's McDonald's fries, which have uh, been long enjoyed by many people. I remember people were claiming that they were the best... Then there was a time, I forget what year, people said they kind of rejiggered their formula for, for making the fries, and they didn't think they were quite what they used to be, but they were like, when people talked about fast food fries. I always so, thought they had the best fries. McDonald's? Yeah. But uh, I, yeah I did but too, but I'm, I'm thinking way back. I, I almost never go there, but my memory was that they were the best. Right. Now, the other day, I went to In-N-Out. And I did remember to order the fries well done. Mm. That's that's the way to go. Mm, yes, well done. They come out crispy. I do, li- really I do like them well done. Do you want me to do that? It's like oh, extra yes, oil, though, Deborah. Oh, well, you well, should have said something. I didn't no, know. No, they're, they're fine. But now that Ken has mentioned it, I do like uh, extra crispy. But Bring her all these French fries, and now I, I find wasn't out. complaining. Uh, they were just fine. I'm surprised she likes them because sometimes by the time you get them to the station, I don't know how long it takes you, John, but they can get like cold. And, she eats them uh, cold all afternoon. I do. Oh, she does. See, <laughs> I, I do because like I'm starving. She well, beggars even, can't be choosers, you know? She doesn't even get to them for an hour. <laughs> You're well, starving the, because you only eat plants okay <laughs> oh boy so the thing we made clear is that uh, they are supposedly the in and out fries uh, cooked in vegetable oil yes well the thing that's making the news about mcdonald's is there's a tiktok creator who uh, apparently uh, is a, a fast food influencer <laughs> wants people to know and apparently mcdonald's has admitted this that their fries uh, there's some beef fat in there yep that's well, why i don't eat them because beef fat is one of the best flavors oh, in the world god um, <laughs> no apparently probably some people didn't know this uh, every influencer <laughs> revealed it on tiktok and it got quite a reaction everything just should... wants vegetarians and vegans i to stopped know. using Mc... i mean eating mcdonald's french fries a gazillion years ago when i found out about that and yeah they are good but when you find out about that no thank everything you. should be made in beef fat pancakes ought to be uh oh god ooh. pancakes pancakes no. and beef fat yeah. beef fat is good Ugh. yeah it's <laughs> just, just the, the old pan drippings as oh they call yeah them. <laughs> right if your mother would make a roast and there was the pan drippings at the bottom oh yeah like drain and you them turn in, that into a gravy you drain that's them into a do. glass and drink it that's why people love gravy it's right it's that's a big, that's... it's a big ingredient of uh, many gravies either chicken fat or beef fat yeah yeah roll it around yeah, yeah gravy is liquefied fat uh-uh. Uh-uh. 
But but you know what? The In-N-Out fries are good, but the vegetable oil, I don't have any Exactly. So McDonald's, this is what I don't understand. McDonald's, get rid of the beef fat, go to vegetable oil, and I bet you nobody will tell the difference. See, they, they put on their website that, yes, our suppliers partially fry our cut potatoes. They use an oil blend that contains beef flavoring. This ensures the great tasting and recognizable flavor we all love from our world-famous fries. That's why McDonald's... So they're agreeing with John, saying that's what's made them unique. Okay, they... then fine. You're not going to have vegans and vegetarians eating them. Well, I don't think that's a big loss. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think they have bigger problems than the beef, the beef <laughs> flavoring in the fries. <laughs> Has any of those alternate uh, meals ever stuck at McDonald's? Every once in a while, they, tr they try these experimental dishes trying to appease uh, the, the loony uh, fringe. Now, well, you're talking about uh, Beyond Meat or stuff like that? I, I, uh, I don't know. Didn't... They've had salads there before. I mean, I haven't gone to McDonald's in a million years. See, I don't know. that's what I mean. There's no point in trying to appease you because you don't go there anyway. Well, I'm not a big fast food eater. I went there a few weeks ago, and man, the thing now still is the damn chicken sandwich. It's just everybody's got a chicken sandwich. It's everywhere. Uh, this craze started a few years ago. Remember, Popeyes had people lining up around the street to get their yeah. chicken sandwich, and yeah. it's still just taken off. It's, I love this part, though. Notable ingredients in the brand's fries include, of course, potatoes, a vegetable oil made from canola, corn, and soybean oil, dextrose, which is a sugar substitute, and sodium acid pyrophosphate, mm. an inorganic salt used for color maintenance. Oh. There you go. <laughs> that... Uh... That sodium phosphate tastes great. Oh. <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's has the best sodium phosphate. All right, when we come back, we'll be talking again to Blake Trolley, who's been covering this story all over for KFI News. And that, of course, is the man that apparently went on a rampage after he stabbed a worker at a Walmart in Simi Valley, drove home, got into some sort of fight with the family in Camarillo, then took off and ended up in Thousand Oaks where he ran over some Westlake High School students, killing one and injuring several others. Uh, we'll talk more. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. I'll get him well done next time. Thank you, John. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.